This is the audio version of the book Jailer by Acharya Vijay Abhishekar Suriji Maharaj in the voice of Rahul Kapoor Jain. Chapter 3 Way of Meeting Out Punishment There was a family of five, two brothers, their two wives and a widowed sister. Both the brothers and the spouses had a lot of affection and respect for the sister. One day, the sister in her insecurity thought, Today, they all dote over me. What if tomorrow they throw me out? Let me put them to test. Once, the elder brother was returning home. At that time, the sister told the elder sister-in-law, loud enough for a husband to hear, one should keep one's hands clean. The brother heard his sister's advice and thought, why did my sister give such an advice? Surely, my wife must have committed a theft. From there on, he stopped talking to his wife and even kept his interaction with her to the minimum. After some time, the wife could bear it no longer. She was perplexed at her husband's behavior, so she had a talk with her sister-in-law, that is, the husband's sister. The sister realized the situation. She told her brother, It is not what you imagine. I had suggested very casually to never think of committing a theft. The brother started behaving normally with his wife again. The sister was reassured that her brother and sister-in-law had respect and affection for her. On another occasion, the younger brother was returning home from the shop. The sister advised her younger sister-in-law loud enough for the brother to hear, Mind your sari. The brother started wondering why his sister had spoken thus. Surely it might be because his wife was of immoral character. He cut off all relations with his wife. The wife was extremely worried. She confided in her sister-in-law. The sister then clarified to her younger brother, Your wife is very virtuous. The advice to her was only so that she would not entertain thoughts of any other man in her mind. The younger brother was satisfied and everything went back to normal with his wife. The sister was pacified that her brothers and sister-in-law loved her and valued her advice. The widowed sister had behaved in a sinful manner by wrongly accusing both her sister-in-laws. She had offered a lot of worship during her widowhood, but she failed to atone for this sin. Now just examine the way in which the sister was punished by Karma Sattta. In her next birth, this widowed sister was born as a daughter of a merchant. Both the brothers were born as sons of another merchant in another town. One of the brothers was married to the daughter of the former merchant his sister in the previous birth. On the night of the marriage, Avyantar Dev, who was passing by airily, felt like playing a prank. This was of course at the behest of Karmasatta. The bride was awaiting for her husband's arrival in the bridal chamber. The Avyantar Dev entered the room in the guise of her husband and started talking to her. The bride was absolutely unaware and mistook Avyantar Dev as her husband and started talking to him lovingly. Her own husband who was outside the room heard her talking lovingly to another man. He thought, if my wife is speaking so affectionately with another man on the wedding night itself, she must definitely be of an immoral character. I want nothing to do with her. He left, letting his in-laws know that this marriage was unacceptable to him. The wife was shocked beyond words when she heard this. Considering worldly life to be futile, she became detached from worldly things and happiness and accepted nunhood to live a pious life. As fate would have it, with passage of time, the two brothers got married to two sister-in-laws. 
from the previous life. The nun in her travel also came to the city. Due to the affection the wives had for her in the previous birth, they had a lot of respect and devotion for her even in this present birth. Hence, they used to go to serve her and request her to come to their home for alms every day. On one such day, the nun went to their house and started preaching to them. When the wives went inside to attend to some chores, leaving a necklace outside, Sadhviji was left by herself with a necklace. A peacock from a painting on the wall came to life, took the necklace and disappeared. This was a trick played by some peripatic celestial. The nun was blamed for the theft of the necklace. The head nun admonished the younger nun. What was the need to stay in a householder's home for a long period of time? Now to wash away the blot of this blemish, you will have to undertake a Sagarika fast. The younger nun started a fast, standing in Kayotsarga. Auspicious thoughts started flowing in her mind at that moment and increasingly the pure thought process culminated into Shukla Dhyan, ultimately leading to attainment of Keval Gyan. In a while, the peacock from the picture came back and returned the necklace. People gathered in amazement to see what had happened. On being questioned about the incident, the omniscient nun narrated the story of her past life. How was it that on the day Agdi Sharma was to break his fast, Gunasen developed an unbearable headache and again a second time on the very day of breaking of Agni Sharma's fast, not a day earlier, not a day later, suddenly a war was on the verge of breaking out. Gunasen had missed out on making the great austerite Agni Sharma break his fast of Masakshaman twice. Agni Sharma's unbroken third Masakshaman had begun because of which Gunashain's devotion and respect for him had multiplied manyfold. He was deeply repentant for having missed out on the Parna twice. Hence had become extra vigilant about not missing it the third time. He was not only keen to perform the Parna, he also had an intense desire to reap its benefit. The countdown had begun. He alerted everyone and made all possible preparation so as to not repeat the mistake again. It was five days, then three to Parna. On the day before, he sent out his instructions emphatically to everyone involved, including the royal family, so that everything would go as per plan. He himself was very alert, yet he instructed his family members to remind him about it constantly. He had kept reiterating to himself and also repeatedly reminded his family members. However, as was destined to happen, on the day of the Parna itself, his wife, the queen, gave birth to a son, their firstborn. Everybody was ecstatic and was so engrossed in celebrating the event that they forgot about the Parna. Is it possible that even at the time of joyous occasion, something that had been repeatedly told to everyone would be forgotten by one and all? It was Karmsatta, which did not allow anyone to remember. It was only when Agni Sharma returned back without breaking his fast that Gunasen realized that he had missed the Parna once again. This is to be very well understood that Agni Sharma wanted to break his fast. All the Tapas, Kulapatis and even Gunasen and his royal family wished the same and had even made preparations for it. Yet his fast could not be broken at the hands of Gunasen. Why? Because Karmsatta did not wish it and it is Karmsatta's wish that prevails. 
Kamsatta changes circumstances to suit itself for the fulfillment of its wishes or it creates circumstances whereby its wishes are fulfilled. On the day of the first Parna, he had an unbearable headache. The second time, he set out to war. And on the day of the third Parna, the birth of the prince. Every event took place on the day of the Parna, not a day earlier, not a day later. If one ponders wholeheartedly with thoroughness and care, one will realize that nature is trying to suggest something. It is trying to convey that Agni Sharma had to be punished. Gunasen had wished to perform Agni Sharma's Parna from the bottom of his heart and yet Karmasatta had made him miss it every time. This should indicate to us that the person who harasses us does not do it independently according to his wish but it is Karmasatta which makes him do it. Query Leaving the story of Gunasen aside, most people harass others only because they wish to do so. In this book elsewhere, is it not mentioned that in Nagaketu's previous birth as Kishore, his stepmother used to trouble him terribly and intentionally? Reconciliation Yes, the stepmother did intend to trouble him. But even that desire should be considered as having been prompted by Karmasatta. Shubham Chakravarti was not satisfied even though he ruled over six continents. He possessed 14 Ratnas, 9 Nidhans, a huge army of 96 crore soldiers. At any given time, 16,000 demigods were ready and eager to serve him. And yet he wished to also conquer six continents of Bharakshetra in Dhataki Khand. He established a war camp at measuring 12 Yojans with Charmaratna and Chatraratna. He sat himself down in the war camp along with his army of 96 crore soldiers and ordered 16,000 demigods to lift the entire camp and fly it over Lavanasamudra at measuring 2 lakh yojans to reach Dhataki Khand. However, as the demigods got working and the camp passed over Lavanasamudra, the court of Karmasatta passed an order. One demigod thought the other 15,999 demigods are lifting the war camp. It is not going to matter if I alone move aside. He moved away. He wasn't the only one who had this thought. The rest of the 15,999 demigods also moved away because they all had the same thought at the same time. As a result, Shubham Chakravarti with his entire war camp fell into Lavan Samudra and drowned. The demigods are said to be very loyal and are never unfaithful. If any one of them had imagined that by his moving away, the whole army would drown, they would not have done so. No demigod wished Shubham to drown and die, and yet each one of them had the same thought which became the reason for this occurrence. Who made them think like this? It can be assumed that it was Karmsatta who made the demigods collectively stray because of which punishment ordered for Shubham was carried out. The saga of Bhimsen also establishes this reality. When he was going through a very difficult time, he heard that King Aranjay of Pratishthanpur city, which was situated 12 yojans away, was a very kind and generous ruler. Every six months, the king would move in a procession to alleviate miseries of his subjects. He used to give wealth to the poor, employment to the unemployed, food to the hungry. He used to offer a salary of 32 rupees to the employees, whereas his son-in-law Jitashatru used to accord a salary of 64 rupees. 
Bhimsen traveled there with great expectations but on his reaching he found out that Jitashatru's procession had passed by just the previous day he had lessened people's sufferings and distress and now Bhimsen would have to wait another 6 month for his turn he was dumbstruck seeing his condition compassionate and courteous dansar shrishti offered him shelter 6 months passed by bhimsen met king arinjay and narrated his story to him the truth in this narration was enough to melt anyone's heart moreover this was a king who was the remover of others troubles and he was compassionate and benevolent there was not even the slightest possibility that he would not relieve bhimsen of his sufferings however karmasatta had other plans it made the king believe bhimsen to be a rogue the king wondered why would he come to him for help when the ruler of his own country king harishena was so very generous he worried that if he offered bhimsen work there was a chance he might be deceived the kind hearted king became miserly towards bhimsen He refused Bhimsen a job by saying that he had none to offer him. Dhansar Shrishti again came forward to take care of the disappointed Bhimsen. He told him stay back for 6 more months Jitashatru will surely remove your poverty. Bhimsen stayed there for 6 more months hoping for the fate to turn in his favor but Karmasatta made even Jitashatru think otherwise. If the king has not helped him even I should be cautious. Something must be surely amiss. He also became unsympathetic towards Bhimsen. Dansar Shrishti, who was still then compassionate and kind, became wicked and malevolent. He refused outright to return Bhimsen's arm or to pay him his salary and threw him out, calling him a rogue. Karmasatta did not allow Dansar to remember Bhimsen's faithfulness, good behavior and service. Then Bhimsen happened to meet Ratnasar who was a kind and generous shravak he was extremely pained to hear bhimsen's heart-wrenching tale and was overwhelmed by his honesty even in those difficult circumstances kamsatta was unable to change its opinion about bhimsen so it made bhimsen himself commit a mistake sit ratnasar gave bhimsen precious gems worth millions which bhimsen hid in a quilt made of rags protecting them with his life by keeping them close to his chest He reached the outskirts of the city of Kshiti Pratishtit where his family lived. There he saw a clean pure lake. Karmasatta tempted him to have a dip in it. Thinking that place to be unfrequented and safe, he put the quilt along with his clothes on the bank and entered the lake. Karmasatta made a monkey take the quilt which was his only wealth away. The monkey did not wish to make Bhimsen so helpless as for him to want to commit suicide. It was just a game for him but Bhimsen was experiencing so much anguish that he thought of taking his own life A mendicant with long matted hair saved Bhimsen from hanging himself from a branch of banyan tree with a string like shoot Hearing his sad life story he took pity on him and reassured him He made Bhimsen his uttar sadak and with his help mastered the art of making four pots of suvarna rasa He then generously offered one of the four pots to Bhimsen. After reaching Kshiti Pratishtit, the mendicant sent Bhimsen to the city to arrange for some food. He had no bad intention behind sending him, but no sooner did Bhimsen leave, Karmasatta maligned the mendicant's inclination. At the thought of parting with even one pot of suvarna rasa, he disappeared before Bhimsen returned. 